0: Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we chat with our friend Marada Tesh of The Athletic about the Jets and Leafs round three, Kyle Connors' defensive deficiencies, and much more. Plus, Carson Lambos of the Winnipeg Ice talking about their season getting underway this weekend, being named an assistant captain. That's all coming up on the podcast. Mm. talk some winnipeg jets now with our friend test of the athletic Murat, how you doing tonight
1: doing well christian how are you
0: i'm doing well this week was hyped up we're going to learn a lot about the jets and a lot about the leafs too. the two teams coming in that look like probably the two best teams in the north division has the first two games of this battle lived up to your expectations
1: a hundred percent it has i think that Toronto's been pegged as the favorite in the division since the beginning of the season. Since the off season, they made additions. They added TJ Brody. They'd had success last season as well, and I think that they were a step ahead of the other Canadian teams. Winnipeg has been the pleasant surprise, I think. Everything's gone well. That Paul Stastny acquisition worked out. Pierre-Luc Dubois has been a good fit. Nick Ehlers continues to take a step forward. Mark Scheifele is sixth in NHL scoring. So, all of a sudden, a team with big holes on defense and problems that I think everybody knew about is contending for that second spot in the Canadian division. And then here we got our measuring stick, the test, how good are they really and winnipeg has three out of four points so for me that's that's a special week and i think it's going to give kevin shovel day off a lot of information about how to approach the trade deadline there's lots to unpack we'll go whatever way you want with it but i think it's been exciting hockey
0: Is there a level of concern at all about sustainability through the first even three games with the Leafs? I know the January game is hard to even count because so much is different about the team that it is now. But let's, I guess, just take the last two games because I know the score is 7-7 through two games, but so much of the Jets' success has been because of the goaltending. Is there any concern for you about their uh, defensive play because they've been bailed out by good goaltending? Or is this just the Jets' way? (laughs)
1: There's plenty of concern, and it is the Jets' way. Uh, So if Winnipeg plays the Toronto Maple Leafs like they've done for these two games, and they get out-chanced as badly as they have, and they depend on Connor Hellebuck as badly as they have, they're not going to split the season series with them. They're going to get beat. And that's because the Toronto Maple Leafs do so many different things to open up space in the middle of the ice. Uh, they stretch the zone. If, uh, if below the net isn't working particularly well, like you saw on Mitch Marner's goal, they'll rotate high, they'll attack from a different direction. Um, on Connor Halbuck's amazing paddle save that you saw, you had Morgan Riley jumping up into the play and all of a sudden Toronto's attacking from the half wall instead. So they do so many different things that get the puck to dangerous areas in the middle of the ice. Winnipeg's defense has been an issue. Um, some um, slot shots have been an issue for Paul Maurice, since before the season started. It's been something they've talked about quite a bit. And if you continue to get out chances badly as the Winnipeg Jets have, you're not going to win. Now, the, the rest of the teams in the Canadian division have issues, too. It's just that Toronto seems to be a step ahead. And if you go into Saturday night's matchup, game three, the rubber match, so to speak, between the two teams, and Toronto gets free access to the middle of the ice, the prime real estate, one more time, you can't necessarily expect Connor Hellebuck to make all of those saves 99 times out of 100, as he has so far.
0: Looking at that Jets' second line of Dubois, Connor, and Ehlers, they were finally able to get it going offensively last night defensively it was not a great game for them they were on the ice for a lot of chances in both ends what is your level of concern about their defensive play and specifically Kyle Connor
1: well the name Kyle Connor specifically makes me think of that Ilya Mikheyev goal where it starts with Winnipeg in comfortable possession. That's Kyle Connor in the corner uh, looking to generate the zone exit, make it safely out of Winnipeg's end. And it doesn't happen, right? I mean, it was a a giveaway with a comfortable possession. All of a sudden, there's a battle behind the net. And the puck goes out to Mikheyev in the slot. The pass goes through Dylan DeMello, so he's culpable a little bit. But Mikheyev right in prime area, uh, who's waving a stick at him is Pierre-Luc Dubois. So defensively, that line got exposed. It was almost... It was hilarious to me actually that Nick Ehlers after the game was taking the blame for the defensive issues. I don't think he was culpable in that moment at all. Um, however, um, so that I think that's, that's a clear thing. That line has not been good defensively. They were on the ice for those goals against and multiple goals against yesterday. The thing that I do give them credit for is they've generated some offensive chemistry. And you saw Pierre-Luc Dubois knock a puck down in the neutral zone, lead a two-on-one, set up Nick Ehlers for a one-timer goal. And Nick Ehlers' other goal came from Kyle Connor as well. In their first couple games together, I don't even think that offensive chemistry was there. So while they were culpable for those goals against, I'll use that word again, um, I think there's something building there and it's worth continuing to look at.
0: Good. Okay. Uh, Defensively, the change with Beaulieu going out, Logan Stanley coming in. Before we get to some possible moves that could be made, are you viewing this situation with Beaulieu being out for a few weeks as an opportunity for Maurice to put Stanley in for a couple, Niku in for a couple, or do you think we're going to see Logan Stanley on an extended run here?
1: Uh, with Nathan Bull, you out, I mean, certainly I think his wrist would be black and blue, which is very concerning for for the Jets, and especially in that bottom pair. The issue, though, I think you nailed it, is who, you, who do you bring in in his position? I think Paul Maurice likes Logan Stanley in particular, not just because he was the first one in at the beginning of the season when he got that opportunity early on, but that third pairing. Like, in terms of quality competition, right, we know the Winnipeg Jets – pay a lot of attention to who everybody matches up against the top four, so Josh Morrissey and usually Tucker Pullman, but whoever his partner is on the night, and then Forbert and Pionk, they get a really heavy dose of the top six, the top nine. That bottom pair has been sheltered heavily, and Stanley's had all kinds of success in that role, in that sheltered role, and I think he'll go back to that well continually. He's also talked about penalty kill, and even though uh, Stanley hasn't been used for a lot of penalty killing minutes, I think just as a role that the Winnipeg Jets want to have filled, they're going to go to him instead of Niku, instead of calling up Ville Hanela or whatever the uh, whatever the other options might necessarily be. I think stylistically, I think it's bull you out, Stanley, and here we go. Now, you want Dylan DeMello to play
0: with Josh Morrissey, right?
1: 100%. So much so that uh, I've written about it. Uh, in terms of analytics, I mean, Josh Morrissey looks good with Dylan DeMello as his partner and not so good with just about everybody else he's played with for the last calendar year. Um, and so much so that we had the discussion. I was speaking to, to Dylan DeMello on the phone earlier this week, and he basically Here's, a, here's the insight that he gave, actually, is that right before training camp or right at training camp, he was partnered with Nathan Beaulieu from the beginning. So as much as we might believe that because he played with Josh Morrissey at the tail end of last year and everything went well, it's clear that Charlie Huddy and Paul Maurice's plan was to pair him with Nathan Beaulieu in that third pairing role. So there's something that we see or at least that I see. I advocate for that morrissey DeMello partnership all of the time. I think DeMello puts his partner in good spots. He does his shoulder checks. He reads the defensive zone. He makes the five foot pass, the puck goes the other way. Everything's good. Um, Clearly the Jets don't see it that same way because even in training camp when everybody was healthy, that wasn't the partnership that they went with.
0: So we've been, uh, we're into that sweet spot of about a month before the trade deadline and especially with the quarantine now, if you're trading with an American team, you might want to get the ball rolling on trade soon. Uh, You wrote an article about it. Your colleague Pierre Lebrun mentioned Matthias Ekholm potentially to the Winnipeg Jets and the price he thinks would be a first-round pick. in Sammy Niku, how would he fit on this team?
1: Well, Matthias Ekholm would fit wonderfully, simply because he's an excellent defenseman. I mean, he's been a huge part of the National Predators blue lines throughout their ascent. I mean, he's been a long-time Predator. When that team was dominant in the Western Conference, he was a big part of that, playing massive minutes. Um, he's a left-shot defenseman, which isn't technically ideal, because I think most people want Josh Morrissey to, to get the star or whoever it is that comes in, if there is an acquisition uh, on that top pair. But he's played a little bit of right side from time to time, very rarely. Um, the best thing about him, though, I would say, other than just being able to jump in the play, having a physical edge to him, playing well, being a top-pairing caliber defenseman at this, is that his contract's just $3.75 million this year, still has one year left next year. It's not a pure rental. And next year, when you really only have Josh Morrissey and Dylan DeMello under contract right now, because Neil Pionk's a restricted free agent, and the rest of the ones under contract are depth, you have Matthias Ekholm ready to slide in in that top-four left-side role. If you're able to pull off a trade like that, it's a great fit on the ice. It's a great fit cap-wise. It's a great fit heading into next season when Winnipeg still wants to be a contender. Um, and if Sami Nuku in a first-round pick could get it done, as Pierre Lebrun suggested at The Athletic today, I think you take that trade and you run with
0: it. Could you make the suggestion that you put Neil Pionk with Matthias Ekholm and that's your top pairing?
1: Oh, absolutely you can, because I think Derek Forbert has had that, uh, that role so far, and he's been a pretty impressive revelation, I would say. I think he was a third-pairing caliber defenseman in Calgary. He would had the back injury. The question was about how good he'd be able to be in Winnipeg and stepping alongside Neil Pionk they've made the tough matchup tough minutes they play uh, the most dangerous minutes amongst Winnipeg Jets blue liners if you could slide somebody like Matthias Eckholm into that role I think you get a lot of mileage out of it because Neil Pionk's having a great season and Eckholm's a step above of Forbert even in kind of a similar playing style just a rich man's version I would call it
0: and then how does the Seattle expansion draft factor into what Chevy does
1: Well, it makes everything more expensive, right? Because you're giving up assets to get the player. You're bringing them in. And now let's say it's Matthias Ekholm. I think David Savard's a really good fit and a name to keep in the back of everyone's mind in terms of Jets acquisitions as well. But let's say you add Ekholm, and now you have Josh Morrissey, Matthias Ekholm, Neil Pionk, Dylan DeMello, and others that you want to protect. Not only did you give up assets for the player, Now you're looking at a situation where you might lose, say, Dylan DeMello. You've exposed him in the expansion draft. Or you have to send Seattle assets, maybe a a draft pick, a flip of picks, whatever it is that you need to do to protect that fourth defenseman as well. And so that leads you into an awkward position where the acquisition is extra expensive unless you're just content to let an unrestricted free agent go like Savard um, in a situation where they're going to be free to go this summer as opposed to Ekholm, who has a contract next year.
0: I guess the question, Murad, is that how badly – you want to go for it this year because if you're Winnipeg you look at this unique setup where there's really what one team you have to worry about between now and the final four and that's the Toronto Maple Leafs and if you think you can beat them you you make a move right
1: well, Christian, that's the that's the question right now. That is one hundred percent the question to answer if you're Kevin Shevold day off. Because when the season began, it was Toronto Maple Leafs and the field. Now, what's become clear to everybody, I think, within the Canadian division, everybody has a flaw, and Winnipeg's flaw is so obvious and so patchable in terms of adding to that defensive core and cleaning up the middle of the ice right in front of Connor Hellebuck. If you're looking at this week where Winnipeg, yes, they've depended on their goaltender. Yes, they've depended on counterpunching and transition offense, but they've hung with Toronto. You might start convincing yourself that this is the year, you know, where you may have originally thought you were waiting for for Ville Hainel and Dylan Sandberg next season. There's an opportunity here that's rare and unique and might not come again. So you might need to jump on it.
0: So do you think they will?
1: I sincerely do. I sincerely do think that, um, and not only will they jump on it in some way, shape, or form, but I think that they add well in advance of the trade deadline as well, not just to give that player the maximum time to have an impact get acclimated as well, but like you pointed out earlier, that two-week quarantine where Winnipeg had to wait for Pierre-Luc Dubois as Patrick Lining and Jack Roethliswick were lighting it up. I think that this week is the measuring stick, just like you said. Kevin off evaluates, and then before the end of April, we see some moves.
0: By the way, how closely are you following the things in Columbus? Because the Patrick Linea Pierre or uh, John Tortorella relationship seems like a an interesting one to say the least.
1: <laughs> it's a roller coaster, isn't it? I mean, um, I, I don't have my ear to to the ground. I haven't talked to Aaron Portsline in a while, and he's our Columbus Blue Jackets insider at The Athletic. He was all over that trade and all over the details about Jack Rossovic. Um That line-A situation where, I mean, benched for, for various swaths of minutes at a time, he's gone cold offensively as well. Jack Rossovic, they're asking the same questions Winnipeg did. Can he be a center? What's his fit long-term? Um, and so whereas at first... Winnipeg was looking at Pierre-Luc Dubois and, and, and just waiting for the minute he could play, then he gets hurt, while Columbus was reaping the rewards and everybody was scoring tons of points all the time. It looks like the tables have turned, and it's, it's amusing at the very least, I'll say that.
0: Absolutely. Well, Murat, appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for this. Enjoy the game tomorrow, and we'll see you in the press box next week.
1: I can't wait. Thanks a lot, Christian.
0: Tomorrow, in the Regina bubble for the WHL East Division, it is the first game for the Winnipeg Ice, and their assistant captain, defenseman Carson Lambos, joins us now on the line. Carson, how are you doing tonight?
2: I'm doing well, thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: How excited are you to play a WHL hockey game tomorrow?
2: Yeah, I'm stoked. It's been a long time coming, so I'm super excited, and I just can't
0: wait to get going. So what has the last year been like for you?
2: Yeah, it's been a bit of a whirlwind. Like, I think it's been for everybody. Um, our season getting cancelled last year was, uh, you know, nobody could have foresaw that. And it just happened. Uh, it happened so quick. But I'm, uh, I am I spent the last, you know, time after that training and doing what I could, getting on the ice and in the gym and like everybody else. And, uh, you know, that, that went on for an extended period of time. And then about four or five months ago, I had an opportunity to go join a team and. In Europe, where they were playing, and uh, you know I flew over there and spent four or five months just you know uh, experiencing that, uh, getting a chance to play and, and develop there, and then recently coming back less than a month ago, and uh, uh, back in the bubble and ready to ready to get going with the ice.
0: I know that in times like this, we end up doing things we never thought we'd end up doing, but did you ever think at seventeen years old you'd be playing hockey in Finland?
2: yeah I had, uh, I had no idea. Uh, I would have never thought that, you know, I'd have that opportunity and I would have gone through that experience. But uh, 2020, 2021, crazy years and really anything could have happened. And uh, I think me going to Finland was just a perfect example of
0: that. And I know that you probably like to, if you're in Europe, go exploring, but you probably weren't able to, were you?
2: Yeah, just, uh, you know, between being busy with hockey and then. Uh, with covid and restrictions and everything like that i really didn't get to uh see too many parts of europe or experience you know the culture like that but i still was able to uh meet a lot of people and 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 still live in a different culture so it's uh it was still a great experience but probably not what it would normally look like
0: what was the hockey like
2: yeah yeah it was uh it was good um the uh the ice surface is bigger so it calls for a bit of a different game it's sometimes harder to produce offense. It can be a very defensive game, but it can be also the opposite. Uh with the big ice it can be, you know, very open game and it's easier to get chances. So uh it's something I was still adjusting to while I was over there. I don't think I got completely used to it. Um, you know, I never trained my game like that when I uh you know, practicing up, so to, you know, get a challenge like that on a different game style was was good for me.
0: When did you get back to Winnipeg? I think
2: I think about Three, three, four weeks ago, I got back.
0: Okay, and when I guess once you knew that the WHL season was happening, it it went back into training mode. What was the last little bit like for you before you went to Regina?
2: Yeah, uh, when I got back from from Finland, there's the the two week quarantine under the federal act. So, I spent two weeks uh, two weeks at home, just kind of trying to do what I could to stay in shape between a treadmill and a bike and. A couple couple dumbbells, you know it's obviously not ideal, but had to make make the most out of what i had and then uh after that a w- I spent about a week in quarantine here in Regina as part of the western league's uh, protocols and then this past week, our team's just been practicing and uh trying to get back into the rhythm of uh, of a season.
0: Have you gotten much fresh air in the last month?
2: yeah it's uh definitely not much uh a lot of time inside and uh uh, pretty much the only only time you know we get fresh air uh, in this unique situation is kind of back and forth to the rink. So uh, we also have a bit of a walk to where we go to eat. So that's nice to get outside like that.
0: So what is bubble life like in Regina?
2: Yeah, it's good. I'm I'm really enjoying it. Uh, recently, we've been able to you know spend time with our teammates. Uh, it's it's nice to be back with this group of guys. We have such a such an awesome group. So much fun to be around. So, it's it's lots of fun. Of course, you know it's a, uh, it it's uh, you know you don't get to see your family or or other people. So we'll see how that feels as the time regresses. But I'm really enjoying it. I'm just trying to approach it with the right mindset and and enjoy every day because I it's going to go by fast.
0: Yeah, just 24 games this year. You play every team four times. Are there any expectations in terms of wins and losses this year, or is it more so we get to play hockey? let's just have fun.
2: Yeah, I think it's a bit of both. Um, this past year has been a wake-up call for a lot of us, uh, you know, how, how appreciative we should be for the game of hockey and how much it means for all of us, you know, here. So I think we're all super happy to uh, to be here and, and just, you know, have this experience that the, the league's been able to put together for us. But at the same time, I think we really want to win games. Um, you know, you don't really go into games at this level just kind of happy to be here you know uh, a big part of it is, is wins and losses so i think we have a really good really good team and i think we can win every game that we play in so i think we're, we're well aware of that and uh, we can expect to expect to try and do that this year
0: y'all were having a pretty decent run last year before everything got shut down it looked pretty inevitable that there was going to be a Brandon winnipeg playoff series which would have been so much fun but is there a sense of unfinished business amongst this group Yeah, for
2: sure. Um, You know, we we had a a really good team last year. and I think we carried that over this year and uh, we we were obviously disappointed when when things went the way they did last year. But uh, we're looking towards the future. And like I said, we can win any game we play. And at least that's how uh, we all feel about it. So uh, I think we really want to want to prove that and and just uh, do our best.
0: Not only that, but you've got Peyton Krebs, your captain, back and healthy. You've got Connor McLennan, assistant captain, back and healthy. Jake and Smallwood, you're an assistant captain as well. What does it mean to to have that kind of health this year?
2: Yeah, it's it's great. Uh, you know, starting the year with uh, with the with those guys healthy is is big, and uh, those are big parts of our team. So um, when we we can get those guys to contribute and 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 play their best when they're uh, you know at their best, it's uh, it's a big plus for our
0: team and what does it mean to you to be named an assistant captain
2: yeah it's it's a huge honor for me um coming into the league last year and even i was 15 uh looking up to those uh you know those guys wearing letters and even a lot of guys that don't so uh you know to be in that position now it's kind of like i look back and i feel like i was just right there uh you know still trying to make my way and learn so uh it's a big honor and uh, I, I'm really excited to, to take on the role of a leader and hopefully set an example for the younger guys and, and the team.
0: So, were you playing in front of fans in Finland, or no? Uh, for for the first little bit, I was there uh,
2: with the with the junior team. Uh, it's not as popular for fans in the in the junior level there. So, maybe three four hundred people every game. But uh, as time progressed, a couple months in, uh, I think the governments and and whoever makes those decisions decided that. Uh, there could be no fans, so the second half, there's none.
0: So you're going to be used to it in a way that some of your teammates are not.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, for myself it doesn't change too much, and I think for a lot of players it won't. It will be maybe a bit of a shock factor when we start, but uh, I think everybody knows how to work hard and compete in this team, and and uh, I think, you know, it w- we'll try not to pay too much mind to it. Of course, it'll be a little bit different. There's no denying that, but uh, you know, just work. We just want to be, want to be appreciative for
0: what we have. And finally, in the downtime that you have, you're doing a lot of hockey, practicing, playing. I'm sure there's a lot of film to do. What can you do in the bubble to take your mind off of hockey?
2: Sure, yeah. It's uh, you know, it can be uh, super busy with hockey, and I think if uh, you know, the only thing you're doing and thinking about is hockey it can be really good when things are going well, but you know, if you have a couple bad games or you're not happy with the way you played, I think it's super important to, you know, give yourself some purpose away, away from the rink and away from the game. So, you know, I'm still in school and I have a couple classes. So I, I spend time doing that and, uh, you know, spending time around my teammates as well. But I've, I've recently picked up the guitar. Uh, I hope I can stay with it and try and stay persistent, but we'll see how far that goes.
0: Well, best of luck in that. i was forced to learn an instrument when i was younger and it did not go well it did not stick with it and i have no idea how to play anymore so i wish you the best of luck in that regard best of luck as well on the ice carson thanks for joining us tonight
2: thanks so much for having me
0: well thank you very much for listening to the cjob sports Joe podcast if you like what you heard guess what you can hear more Every weeknight on CJOB from 6 30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing, because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell. Until we meet again. Come on, and
1: thanks
2: for all the so sad that it should come to this. we try to this. You may not share our intellect, which might explain.